Welcome to the 2021 first episode of Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lett Wilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doty. Happy New Year, Ian. Yeah, happy new, happy new year too, Martin. I hope it's going to be a well. I, it is going to be a good one, and uh, I wish the best for you and your uh, family, of course. And uh, yeah, onwards and bloody upwards. It's going to be a busy year, particularly the mediumship, the podcast, and the mediumship course. It's going to be uh, it's going to be good, and I uh, do look forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a good a good one. Are you are you shaking something? No, no, I'm queen quite still. I will, I will sit still. Oh, at that's sat. really weird. While he was talking, there was a. It sounded like a shaking noise. No, no, actually, I've got a new PC Ch- chip, so it doesn't crackle like the other one. It's very, very clear. So I'll, I'll re-edit that out. Okay. But, um, it sounded like somebody was shaking something. It no. was like a. Sh- Yes, my uh, microphone is on a arm that is sort of yeah. bolted onto the onto my desk, so it doesn't so it doesn't move. Yeah, it's totally stopped now. It, it was only at that beginning when you were talking about okay. it. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, I well, same to you, Ian. I hope. Uh, well, I know that this year is going to be uh, really interesting. It's it's going to have a a more positive spin. Um, did, yeah. did you have any feelings of how it's going to pan out in twenty twenty one on a global perspective? On a on a global one, on a global one. On a sad note, there's a lot of partnerships, marriages, etc. Ending. But on a positive note, there's a lot of love coming and new partnerships, longer lasting partnerships. Uh, and I just feel here people are going to reach for reach for the stars. Is that a S Club 7? No, um, it's that reach for the stars type thing. So I do feel people are going to be really pushing things this, pushing things this this year, particularly a rise in mediumistic stuff and the science looking more into mediumship. Do you know, I, I, it's interesting. I, I've done a couple of, well, I've quite a few meditations on this to see what I could get from yeah. from the ether or from from my guides as well um, to see what 2021 would bring. And uh, and it was definitely this thing. I know you, you use the term "reach for the stars," but I definitely feel there's going to be this greater connection with the, um, with space. I don't know if. I, I don't know if there's going to be some sort of announcement or there's going to be something, but uh, I certainly feel in the latter half of this year that there'll be an announcement that either maybe it's the first uh, manned crew to Mars is, yeah, you know, is has been planned, or yeah. or maybe that there's some further evidence that that there is life out there. Um, but I, I certainly feel it's interesting you use that term. It really is. It, it's, yeah. I do feel not only figuratively that people will be you know kind of really pushing themselves to enjoy life because of this pause time and to you know push their lives into different and new angles but also i feel that on a global perspective that there will be this sort of push for the stars so yeah. Oh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. We, we were right in the past, Ian. So yeah, right. <laughs> even as you were saying, even as you said what you were doing, I just kept on having the image of the planet Mars in my uh, mind. So I do yeah. feel it's likely the first manned ex- manned mission to to Mars. Well, maybe we find something on Mars. That would be interesting. <laughs> it's a very weird planet, and that uh, there's a few anomalies on there. But um, so the 2021 started off. Uh, and it started off with Netflix uh, kind of launching uh, a new series called Surviving Death. 
it's obviously the big thing for this year, uh, a bit like uh, Tiger King uh, for last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they both have the character, both of the characters. But Surviving Death is a look at not only uh, reincarnation, um, but also near death experiences and also mediumship. And it goes to a number of witnesses and people who've had these experiences. And and what we want to do this podcast, firstly, about the two episodes uh, that relate to uh, the mediums. Obviously, the, the reason why we want to do that is because we feel that a lot of the criticism for the programme itself has actually come from the medium aspect or from the first from the mediums uh, episode. I, I just want to if quickly and what did you think to the series as a whole? What, what was your feelings about the series as a whole? At, at first, I was staying away from it because I thought it was going to follow the ilk of uh, medium baiting and all of this and putting mediumship down. So I thought, why bother when all they do is just take that angle? So I'm glad I I'm glad I persevered and watched it. Um, it was very, very well balanced. Um, obviously, it's a TV programme. It's not a science programme. So they didn't go into the mind, the brain, how this might happen. Um, they had... Uh, I thought it was well. I thought it was well balanced, you know, particularly the way they handled the sensitivity. Uh, you know, they had a lot of empathy in it, and that and that came through very, very strongly. You know, so I do feel here it was more. This is what it is. What do you think? Rather than oh, it's rubbish. It's this. It's that. It doesn't work. It doesn't this. So um, yeah, I thought it was came. I thought, thought it came over well. What about, what about yourself, Martin? How did you feel? I mean, obviously, it's, it's based on a book by Leslie uh, Leslie Keane, who actually featured in in the documentary series as well, and and I think that's why it had that particular segmentation yes. into the different areas that she looked into as well. It did, you know, the middle episodes did seem to, you know, kind of uh, take a, take a tangent really. And yes. considering I'm a medium as well, is the two mediumship episodes, which we'll talk about in a bit, and the one after, I think. It just seemed to kind of slow down tremendously the whole series after. I mean, the first episode I thought was a really good cracking first episode. Yeah. And and I thought the last two was pretty good as well. And we'll talk about them separately. But um, but generally, I, I was happy with it. Um, it was it had a nice mixture of visiting uh, the University of uh, Northampton, where the parapsychological units are and and. Uh, uh, talking to uh, uh, Dr. Rowe, I think it is there, and uh, it, it was a nice, it was a nice balance. I, the problem is, and I'm, I think let, let's start talking about this. In episode two, called Mediums Part One, and episode three is Mediums Part Two. <laughs> yeah. And we're introduced. We it, it, we go to Netherlands. We go to what looks like a psychic weekend where people are uh, are are coming to. Uh, a locally organised weekend, organised by Nicola van der Haas, I think it is. I think it is, yeah. Uh, with her are two British mediums. One of them is Colin Bates. Now, Colin Bates is very, very well known in uh, on the circuit as such because uh, he's a teacher um, and a medium for the SNU. He teaches at a place called the Arthur Findlay College. And there was another medium, I, I partially remembered him, um, and then there was also a female medium who was a trance medium and healer. Now, um, so I think let, let's kind of segment this. We um, it, it showed several times that 
the two male mediums uh, giving reading readings to the audience. I, I, I must be honest. I mean, obviously, we're watching a television program. Obviously, it's been edited. Yeah. But I but I was I was very disappointed in the evidence that they were actually giving to the audience. Yeah, it is. It, it put it all in too broad a way. But um, from what I can gather recently, the SNU, that's the Spiritist National Union, uh, I've been teaching mediums a different way of connecting with the audience. They are now saying that uh, you cannot go, oh, can I come to the lady in that red dress, please? Because they are, you know, whether your guide has said it, which is the way that I uh, that I work as a medium, my guide will say you're with that person there in the blue and I'll go and I'll and I'll go to them. Um, but they are looking at that as being a psychic link, you know, which when you were, when you first start off working on a public platform, um, you can imagine the audience, the congregation, whatever you're working, they all, oh, I, um, I want to hear from Billy, Susan, John, you know, uh, Belinda, they all want to be this, you know, and uh, and it's very much that thought there, which is how spirit work is thought to thought, can be at times stronger than that being received by the medium you know uh because of the medium state at that time you know particularly in their earlier years or when they first start going out the the communicative process this is william bless him uh communicating uh process is somewhat uh attenuated uh by the medium you know or oh, am i going to be okay is this okay they're all looking at me so it tends to keep the brain more active so the thoughts from the audience can outweigh uh, in sort of depth, in strength rather, not depth, than what is coming through from the spirit side. So I can... So the nervousness, the, the nervousness and I should imagine the adrenaline of the medium yeah. um, basically can cause, you know, that kind of... Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's in the earlier, you know, when you're first out there normally, because when once you're out there, you're working on a regular basis. When I say out there, you know, you're in you're in the public realm, you're in the public. Yeah, yeah. Then that eases because you're more relaxed, you're used to it, and you build that more trust with your with your with your guides and the, and the and the overall process. So when you look at it that way. I can understand why the SNU would say it's it's a psychic link when really it's still technically it isn't, but they want to get away from it. But what it leads me to be is it falls in falls very much into the sceptic realm. They're just fishing. Oh, can you take John? Can you take Mary? Can you take a bloke who used to wear a hat? It's it's so broad, and that's what gives over to cold reading, and it gives mediumships mediums a wrong name you know uh, that, that, that's what i felt i felt you know i'm sorry to put in but I, I it's interesting you say that is is whenever anybody is uh, is doing a parody of mediums they always say can you accept john jack Je jeff john and and i think in this i think in one of the episodes somebody said oh can you take john and it was jack and i was like Ugh. you know I, i've seen that yeah. i've seen that done by really bad mediums where they said oh yes yeah, some, sometimes people called john would be known as jack I'm like no it's <laughs> john or it's jack <laughs> yeah and i've actually heard that and, and and it reminded me of that and then colin was given a reading now the problem is is the tv crew probably recorded two hours yeah, of a demonstration and yeah. we are watching 30 seconds. You yeah. know, we're we're, we're yeah. watching two minutes and, and we're jumping to conclusions. So I put my hand up and I admit that. Totally. I think the problem is, is there's two things falling down is 
the the dose of mediumship that we saw, the stand-up mediumship by Colin Bates. Yeah. What we saw there, you know, I, I, is there a picture of you with, uh, at a zoo and with some monkeys? Now, I don't know about you, Ian, but um, I visited a zoo when I was younger. If your family was lucky enough to own a camera, there's a likelihood of you with a monkey. There's a picture. <laughs> I have a picture of me holding a monkey in a crochet blanket. <laughs> My children have pictures of them stood near monkeys. It just seems so broad a thing that, you know, I, I should imagine 70 percent of people could actually relate to that. And yeah. and, and, and I, I had a problem with that. And, and it might be that the people who were editing the program or the director was actually impressed by that and not realized that actually it's a it bit of a broad stroke uh, piece yeah. of evidence, uh, a broad stroke. Thing, yeah, sorry, Martin. The other thing to think of as well is that um, within that um, filming, uh, it may well be that the people receiving messages didn't want any information to give them. Oh, I don't want to be on telly. I don't want people to know that I've been here or I don't want, you know, I, it's personal to me, you know. Or the medium could have said, well, no, I'm sorry, this is too, this is too personal. So there is a little bit of that. So maybe some of the evidence when, you know, when it comes up, you thinking oh my goodness he got the name the address what they do for work but the person who was receiving the message might not wanted that to be aired no you're right and and this is what i'm saying it's hard to pass comment you can only comment on what, on what you actually saw of but, course um, I, I i felt uh, I, and then a running thread all the way through these two uh two episodes was a young man from india um i believe he was an entrepreneur yeah and he was very very interested in uh, developing as a I think he wanted to develop as a trans medium ultimately he was talking about his experiences with his father passing away and he he, he felt that he could sense him all the time around him yeah which which is great it's, it's a great if he feels that connection that that's wonderful um he then went to one of the male mediums and I really you know I should have made notes to be honest but he went to one of the male mediums not Colin it, it went disastrous didn't it? <laughs> yeah um and and the reading now now a lot of people and i've seen comments on the internet saying well that was absolutely you know it, it didn't go right at all it didn't go wrong it, um it, it was off on different tangents and that sort of thing but what struck me is and this is i i actually thought he did the right thing the medium is he was trying to get a connection and he was not getting that connection and he and he stopped the reading. Mm -hmm. And I think anybody who's been filmed by TV crew, who's got the pressure of that, who's obviously been told we want you to give a reading to this guy, but does, doesn't get the connection and stops it. Well, I, I was quite happy with that because yeah. that's something we, te we teach in our course about connection. Yeah. What's your feelings about that, about kind of stopping the connection? I would have done the same. If I'm not getting it, then I'm not going to guess. People, you know, people have expectations, and that Indian, that Indian gentleman only wanted to hear from that one person. So it does naturally preclude everybody. So it's about the, you know, whether the facts come through about his uncle, his sister, his mother, however, will be no, 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 because they don't want to. They only want to hear from dad. And I do feel here, you know, there is a part to play from the sitter you know it's not all about the medium the 
the sister, the sitter needs to be open. Now, when when we say open, it's not, oh, a uh, believer will take anything, but you need to be open because, uh, like, I always say to people, put your put your smartphone on, you've got a voice recorder, record it, listen afterwards, because there's names coming over and they think, no, I can't take any of that. They go back and they often send me uh, a, a text or a uh, uh, email saying, oh, yeah, I can take all those names. I talk to me dad or me uh, mum or me uncle. So I do feel here the whole process is where the medium is the middle person so you have the expectations of the uh, of the sitter the needs and you have uh, spirit talking you know uh, the way i always say to people is um, the people coming to through coming through who want to speak to you are the ones who deem they can help yourself in the time we are allowing for this reading you know whether it's 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour so it's always the people you know that come through if they're having financial difficulties then you could have a, have a family member who was when he you know when he or she passed passed over left a legacy of 249,000 quid because mm-hmm. they because they were good savers you know so it's likely like Likely there, but I do feel I'm still getting off the beaten track there, folks. I do feel here um, there's whilst the uh, the main impetus is on the uh, medium, the sitter does play a play a play a part in it. But in stopping the reading when it doesn't work or when it's not right, uh, I, it is the right thing to do. I always say, sorry, it's not working. You know, but I'm going to say always work. If it's not working, I say it doesn't work and there's no charge. You know what I mean? Because how how can you charge for something you've not done? I, you hit on a good point there because I, I, I do certainly feel that there was probably other people from the spirit world wanting to come through and talk to him. But for the purpose of the TV programme, they obviously wanted his father to come through and, and kind of give that evidence. And, and ultimately, the evidence that he got or, or was happy about um, actually came from uh, a trans mediumship session where, with uh, Nicola uh, uh, de Haas, I think, van der Haas. Um, now, an- another thread of this series was an American family led by an American man who lost his father, and his father looked like a very, very... He, he looked very happy and very connected. Whenever it showed a picture of him, I, I, I thought, this is somebody who's got a really gentle heart. I don't know if yeah, he's... So, so this, so basically, this uh, American guy, I think his name was David. His father passed away, and he ended up going to a medium, and a medium gave him some evidence. And uh, and and how the evidence happened was that the guy said to his dad before the medium turned up, "If uh, I w- I'm going to give you something to say, and I, I and I want you to mention my hair." Now the medium came, gave a reading. He was quite impressed with it, but he was a bit disappointed about that the hair wasn't mentioned, so he didn't think it was his father. And as the medium was walking out, the medium turned around and said, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, your dad's talking about your hair. And that was the evidence he needed. Yeah, yeah. Now, at that point, I think most people would have walked away and said, I got my evidence. You know, my dad is is fine. Because essentially most people want to know, are people okay <laughs> after they've passed? Yes. And, and that was mentioned several times by different people. I just want to know if they're okay. And anybody who is in spirit, they're perfectly fine. You know, <laughs> don't don't worry. And the problem is, is with this guy is he then went on and, and he admitted it on, on screen that he then it became addictive to him. Yeah. So what he started to do was go to mediums all the way around New York multiple times. He gave a false name 
again had you know like a trick question sorry a question that he would hold back and see if the medium would answer it from his dad i i mean i i thought I, that's where i struggled with it because i thought this guy shouldn't have been actually in the documentary <laughs> oh no, no, but i think i think to be perfectly honest it does highlight stuff because people always one of the things that they say about mediums is oh they're just money uh, grabbers they're just playing on the on the uh, needy when people have a uh, choice they don't have to go to a medium you know what i mean it's not a case of without their dragging them in off the uh, street but i i do feel it does ha- it does highlight the sort of need you know where it's i want to learn i want to learn more i want to know more i want to hear this you know but, but and, he just kind of wanted that evidence over and over again i yeah, mean that that, yeah. that that was the issue for me was and we've we, we've had people before um who we've talked to during a uh, ghost hunts or, or whatever where they've said oh I, i've been to loads of spiritualist churches and and i and i keep trying to get me trying to get a reading from my mother or my father or, or whatever uh, and I don't get it. And he was exactly the same in that he had one good piece of evidence uh, come through and he kept wanting to repeat it over and over again. And I think yeah. there's some sort of grief process happening here yes, where definitely. he wants to keep connecting to that. And then he did exactly like what we experienced on the ghost hunts. Now, on the ghost hunts, we, we would have a guy come along by himself or uh, with a friend or a partner they would have an amazing experience uh, or some evidence or or something like that. And then we would see them come with their family and their family would definitely not be interested. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they would be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, they'd already told them, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. Not realizing, actually, on ghost hunts, you, you know, if you do get activity, you're lucky. Because, yeah. you know, you can't just switch on the paranormal. And, no, definitely not. But yes, you can get readings. So this guy then brought his family to Nicola. And, oh, sorry, Nicola came to America to do a reading. She went through the family giving readings. And one of the family members was a restaurant owner or co-restaurant owner. And she, while in trance, she brought through this little boy called Timmy. I mean, I'm a medium and I've seen trance mediumship and I've seen it all around the I've seen it all around the country. I've been to grassroots and and it sounded so stereotyped. That it does. Yeah. My uh, my your sentiments, Martin. My, that that Timmy. All right, Cocker. All right. Um, it's yeah. me, little Timmy. I thought, oh, my God. Uh, and I thought, number one, it's obviously that Leslie likes Nicola as a medium and, and believes in Nicola as a medium. But the three spirit guides that she claims to have were very, very stereotypical. Yes. She then gave this reading to this restaurant owner. And, uh, and on first value, I thought, wow, she, she's done all right. Um, uh, hook them up uh, was apparently this term that a father uh, it was something that his father said in a restaurant, which is true. His father was still alive, um, that he had an ugly green car. I think it was that he was in the uh, fish business or restaurant business, which was correct. And it was like bang, 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 bang. Or it was edited to look like it was bang, 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 bang. And then afterwards, the family was talking about it and 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 they were like, yeah, it's amazing and that sort of thing. And and then they went onto Facebook and they realized that everything she'd said, the green car was on his profile picture. The hook up was on the restaurant menu. 
the restaurant was connected to his Facebook page and all that sort of thing. So everything could have been... It could have been, yeah. Could have been researched. And again, we have two problems here. So this is kind of a, a caveat here. But one thing we have to say is that, firstly, this is an edited programme. There could have been more evidence delivered by Nicola during that transition. And that was edited out because it didn't fit the discoveries that the family made on Facebook or, or, or the yeah. Internet. And secondly, for me, it didn't. It wasn't apparent. But I, how did Nicola know about the family, unless somebody had pre-told her exactly who the family was? Yeah. So, so to me, the fact that they highlighted it suggested to me that she she'd already had pre-communication with the family. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Um, when you you know when you have sitters, private, you know, sitters being a person who's wanting a reading to hear from loved ones. You can have a lot of, you know, you can, you've got to be careful of having a lot of feedback from that sitter. Oh, no, I can't take that. I can't take this. Or, well, sorry, that's wrong. You know, when they're saying, oh, yes, yes, you're, yes, you're, yes, you're right. You got my, your mum. She was called Mavis and she did this and she always had that. So they're giving you information you cannot give back then, you know, but it's, it's a difficult one because when you have sitters who just sit there totally, totally silent, which is fine. And then you have ones who are very, very garrulous, you know, so, is it that sort of thing? Have the family given away a lot of information? It's what it's what the sceptical person would look for. Oh yeah, they've done I, this. I think the fact that she said hook them up, hook them in, green yeah. car, green car, yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. It was the program was edited in a way which suggested that she had pre-research. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah, but the fact that they'd built the previous episode all around Nicola and the Psychic Weekend, and also shown and played uh, played aspects of her trance mediumship uh, sessions. Mm. They'd built a whole program of it. And then in the second episode, they completely destroyed her by suggesting that she'd pre-researched yes, with his yeah. family. Yeah. But if she so, was given the chance of pre-research for a television program, she therefore must have been given the information about the family themselves. Yes. She didn't. Yes. She, she, didn't she, she wasn't sneaking off to the to toilet mid-trance session and going on the internet as quickly as she can she didn't say what's your name oh my name is jack bennett i live in minnesota you know somebody whether it was leslie the author or whether it was the producer or director or whoever mm. gay must have get, if if we're saying nicola's fraudulent then somebody gave her the information about that family and that person is as much to, to fault as, as oh, much definitely. as definitely, definitely, definitely. Because it's all right saying, "Oh yeah, medium's fake." Oh yeah, yeah, medium's go on Facebook and check people out, and it's cold reading and hot reading. But the fact of the matter is, and and this is something that needs to be flagged up, is is the only way, way Nicola knows about this is because somebody fed it her. Yeah, yeah. You know, who did it? They're there at fault. Yeah, that's a difficult thing. Like, you know, when we've been to the many uh, uh, ghost hunting uh, venues, you know, I purposely, I, you know, I used to ask you, what's the what's the postcode, please? Cause, so then I'm not going on the Internet and getting any sort of pre-knowledge about it. And then I bring it out, you know, like uh, the is it done cow at Dudley or that sort of thing or somebody who massacred everybody and ripped that's everything. It, yeah. I mean, also we're looking, we're talking about the sort of psychosphere, I suppose, the psychic psychic atmosphere. But I, I, the thing is, is what we did with mediums on the ghost hunts is we, you know, we we told them where they were going um, or gave, gave them scan instructions and 
during the training process they were always told don't go on the internet look at look at the information don't pre-research don't do that because if we find out that you have pre-research we're not you know we simply will not uh, use you on the ghost hunts and we had one female medium very very good but the following week she would she would kind of uh research all the evidence that she picked up from the previous ghost hunt so if she went to ragged school she'd say oh i picked up on a boy called joe and i found that there was a guy called a boy called joe there oh isn't this fantastic the problem is is she might end up going to the ragged school 10 or 12 times yeah if she's already do- doing the research after her first ghost hunt that's it she's utterly ruined it for the rest <laughs> well <laughs> because, yes that's it uh so so we couldn't use her again because she'd completely pre-researched ragged school and and a few other highland house in chelmsford i think it was and then you know we we start to get in ideas that a certain medium well we, we had a medium based in london who became very high profile uh through his own self-promotion and we thought he was faking we, we he just it didn't make sense so we started a new venue made up a, a name sir anthony orchards and uh and i claimed that Sir Anthony Orchards was haunting this place and and that in the Civil War he held the castle siege uh, and broke in and murdered everything and everybody in there. Uh, it was utterly nonsense. Mm. Uh, I made it completely up. And Sir Anthony Orchards was actually an anagram of the medium's name. Mm-hmm. So the medium turned up and halfway around, he said, right, I'm uh, straight away. I've got Sir Anthony here. Sir Anthony Orchards is here. He's he's doing this, that and the other. And we knew straight away from that point that he'd pre-researched. He'd, look at the, he'd looked at the event information. The only place to see where Sir Anthony Orchards was, was on my website and another ghost hunting company who copied my details <laughs> <laughs> and actually gave it validation to this medium. But Sir Anthony Orchards never existed, never existed. I, I completely made it up based on an anagram. I just happened to I was able to get Sir Anthony Orchards and it sounds fairly yeah. uh, legit. Back to this point. I mean, Nicola was central to both episodes yeah, she, of, of this. Yeah. Um, she seemingly organized a very well thought out. Uh, psychic weekend it looked great the people coming along were looking for answers looking for uh, looking to uh, explore their own mediumship i i just felt that the program and probably the weekend seemed to be central about her and and she knew it now to me i mean it felt like the ego kicked in i don't know definitely Um, definitely I've seen, I've seen, I, when I've seen transmediumship, Ian, and it's probably the same experience as you, I've mm-hmm. been in a small room. There's only been 10 or 12 of us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's been in pitch black. Sometimes it's been in low light with maybe a red uh, red light bulb or something like that. And afterwards, the medium might feel a bit phased or whatever, but usually has a drink and that sort of thing and has a chat. Nicola had to come out of the room, didn't acknowledge anyone. And I had to sit in a room by herself for a half an hour, an hour. I mean, I mean, did that seem real to you? No, definitely not. You know, I, I was, I was questioning. I was thinking myself, well, am I being detrimental? Am I being a medium beta? You know what I mean? Because I thought, yeah, yeah, because I was, I was looking at it, and then 
when she had her physical stuff, when she was mentioning, oh, yes, it's the cabinet, she did go into it a little bit of, of why later. Um, but why all the pitch black and have a red light on? You know, if she was doing direct voice, it wasn't clear what physical mediumship she was pretending, well, say pretending. The well, there, there, was some, there, there were some dodgy photographs. I don't know if you yeah. remember, but there was three photographs that were shown and all, all three photographs and and I paused them and I looked at them mm. and all and all three of them were long exposure and were not on a tripod for sure yeah. because yeah. there was movement of light on it mm-hmm. um, so there weren't manifestations or anything like yeah. that. They, they, I, sorry no um, I just don't feel uh, you know it was it left me answer it left me with a lot of questions you know rather than wow. When they said, oh, we can't have the cameras there, then I think the TV should have said because of. I know she did say, well, you know, light effect, ectoplasm and whatever. But her physical demo, uh, what you saw of it, was just the same as the trance. And that isn't physical mediumship. Trance is a controlled mediumship, um, whereas physical mediumship is trance. You need a deeper, you need a very deep level of trance uh, in order to do the to do the uh, physical stuff. But uh, you know, when you when you're looking at it all, it, it just seemed to me, particularly Timmy. I thought, has she been following Leslie Flint? Is she a follower of him who used to have the same little boy, a barrel boy? And I wonder whether she's got the uh, got the uh, got the idea from that physical mediumship. It just didn't ring true, you know. And one of the uh, one of the audience members said, yes, my 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 father came through and he touched me on the head. I knew it was him. And I'm thinking, well, it's that of uh, of because that's what you want, because that's what you believe there, because, you know, being on the paranormal things when you're all when you're all in the or, or, when you're all in the dark. Uh, muscle spasms, you know, you feel you're being touched. You got all the you got the drafts from a big you know big open place you know normally some of the parts of the place you're in you've got no roof so i think it didn't go it didn't satisfy me anyway for um evidence of physicality of mediumship at all no i i, I think what struck me was and again it, it might be the editing of the doc, documentary but she was saying that i'm sitting in this cabinet and they're tying my hands they're putting yeah. velcro on I'm thinking, and this was with a cir- with her circle. It was just her circle. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. So you can't be trusted with your own circle. Why, why aren't you just sat there in a chair? Why, you know, it, it was like she was doing things because she'd read about it. Exactly, exactly. And and it seemed a good thing to do. And yeah. the transmediumship I've seen has never been in a cabinet. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't need to be. No, it, it was never in a cabinet or anything like that. I've seen physical mediumship, and and as you say, it's a very long and boring. Uh, sorry, it depends how you look at it, but it is a very long process, isn't it? It's not. It's yeah. kind of beyond trance mediumship. It is, uh, but like, yeah. Sorry, Martin. You know, when you're looking at it being long, it could take years to get any any sort of definite phenomena happening. You know, and people want things happening tomorrow, so. You know, when you when you look at it there, uh, I've been to see a physical mediumship in Kent. I was I was very open, very open minded, and I had the nonce about me just to sort of note sort of note things and make notes and do this. You know, at one point I was asked to walk towards the cabinet and shake the spirit's hand. I couldn't see anything. You know, so I thought there. Bearing in mind, yes, it was it was dark, but there were 
pieces of luminescent, you know, like the cones, a cone yeah. shape for direct voice and stuff. And they had a luminescent strip. So there was a very, very fa- a vague amount of light so I could see my way forward. I put my hand out. I couldn't see a hand, but I shook one and I thought, hey, I can't see a damn thing. And there, and there we are shaking this man's hand, which I'm only a year short bloke. So my hand is seven inches. So, you know, it's like a little kids often say on ghost hunts. Is this like, you know, if I'm holding hands with the person next to me, he said, is this like taking your kid to school? And I just noted, you know, was this person wearing a ring? Was this this? Was there warts? Was there cuts? Whatever. When I, I purposely went over to shake the medium's hand, after everything had done, we went downstairs, had a cup of coffee, said thank you. And I purposely made a point of shaking his hand to see if it was the same one. Yeah. No, it wasn't. You know, so I think I think we uh, recorded an episode actually when you went to there. So th- there is an episode, a bonus episode there called, is, yes. uh, called Ian visits the psychic medium. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're interested in Ian's experience after you know 20 years of you know being an observer in ghost hunting and yeah. you know being aware of everything of what his experience was, and that might give a lot of you out there. I, I tell you what I might do is actually is um, is actually uh, republish it for everybody. So you can you can see what you know kind of is happening grassroots level in the UK and what Ian's experiences are, especially with his uh, experience as well. Um, I think that's worth bearing in mind. Is I think you, so, yeah. But I, I I was thoroughly disappointed with Nicola. I I, yes. I it, it certainly felt. It, it, I, and again, it could be the editing, but I I, I want to say it did feel like it was a bit of ego in there. Yeah. It also felt like. It felt like the journey for the uh, Asian gentle- gentleman. She finally came up with the evidence. Was she plied with the evidence that he was looking? Yeah. He was looking for his dad because she didn't really say anything uh, apart from uh, used a, 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 an Indian term, I believe. Father, I think. Barter, barter, I think it was. Um, but she happened to get it, and 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 it it didn't feel right at all. None of it. It didn't make sense that when she's doing a circle. It, admittedly, she did say, it, it, um, you know, it takes the whole circle for spirit to come through, not just her. So she was deflecting the ego as such there. But then again, you know, she was sitting in a cabinet. She was being tied up and, and that sort of thing. And I thought, what's the point in that? If you it, is it that, you, you know, well, why are you doing it? Because the reason why it was being done originally was people uh, uh like oliver lodge and, and william crooks and everybody wanted to prove that it there was no fraudulence so hence why they did, they, they did stuff like that it was a bit bizarre and then there was another scene i mean i mean the scene after scene what what we can go through but um that there was another scene and it was a blonde woman who was a trance healer yeah and uh and and she was on the weekend and a gentleman who looked like he had a nervous tick in his left arm, um, had constant problems with it, apparently been to numerous doctors, had a brain scan, that sort of thing. They couldn't work out what it was. And he met with this lady. She went into trance and she was a doctor, I think, um, yeah. some doctor that she's worked with. And she healed the gentleman. And afterwards, his arm stopped twitching. And, and in fact, during the session, the arm stopped twitching. Yeah. And he walked away and, and that was it. And and again, there's been a lot of comments about that. That was a load of nonsense and that sort of thing. Go on and I'll put you on the spot then. What What's your thoughts about that, about her and the mediumship that you saw? Well, 
to be perfectly honest, uh, it's something that I've seen already and had first-hand, uh, first-hand experience of it. Uh, one of my very, very good friends, I won't mention her name because I don't think she, I, I think she'd hit me with a rolling pin if I did. Um, she's a, a very, very deep trans medium and she does trans healing. Um, and she also comes through with um, a gentleman who has a really deep voice. You know, you're looking at the, uh, he says a few words and that's it. I was training very hard down the uh, down the gym, pushing myself, and I pulled a muscle on the top of my uh, shoulder, part of my, uh, do you call it, trapezius muscle, and uh, it was causing me hurt, and, and I didn't say anything, so her her guide, in whilst we're doing the trans circle, said, oh, you've got a problem with your, sh- problem with your shoulder, perhaps, blah, 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 I can give you the healing afterwards, so I said, well, yes, thank you, and... I sat on a chair and she and she sat on this on on a stool behind me and she put a hand on my back so it was nowhere near my uh, shoulder I had a uh, shirt on and the only way to put it over it felt like somebody's got one of those an ice lolly straight out of the freezer where it's really cold it burns it's not cold um yeah. she put it on put a hand on my back and it felt like that you know of course there was no hurt but within 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 three days that uh, shoulder problem was sorted it took very very little very very little time and those of you who who train a uh, train a lot particularly when you have a have a stress muscle or a or a or a sort of a, a very very much a strained muscle you know it's not just muscle tightening oh yes i'll i'll be fine if i give it a day's rest you know so it uh, went without any niggles i i've never had a niggle with it since i can understand that mediums the way that things work so I uh, I would I would I would say that satisfied me on what I currently know. Yeah, I I, I think I think the problem is is when I watch watched uh, again we we are watching edited. Uh, I, I mean that session might have been thirty minutes, it might have been forty minutes, who knows? But they edited it in a particular way that it was heavily influenced on the communication from uh, the doctor, yeah. um, which kept repeating yes my boy yes my boy that sort of thing and 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 it and because it had been edited in that way it seemed that she was faking uh yeah. fake, faking that i can i can but, see how that would come over yeah and but i i felt and and the problem is and and this is my this is what i felt about her um not nicola but what i felt about her was there was a complete lack of explanation yes of, definitely of what would be happening how it would be happening and it a television program isn't the place to do it but i do believe that um she was in some form of trance and i do believe that she was being influenced by spirit and i also do believe that uh, she was providing healing and a lot of people might be quite amazed by that because you know yeah yeah i'm a skeptical believer i'm a you know i'm a medium but you know it does look unusual it's 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 it, 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 it you know, we are dealing with the unusual. She wasn't. I. She definitely wasn't faking. Mm-hmm. She. She was healing, and and I and I think also as well is um is because of the lack of explanation. We were done and dusted within about an eight eight minute period, yeah. where it was oh this is Janine or whatever her name was, little bit of a talk. She was talking about uh, uh you know uh, about what she did. She was very honest about how she was. She talked to the couple, uh, talked to the man, and the next shot, she she was in trance. 
there was no, no build up to it. There was no, there was nothing. She just kind of yeah. suddenly she was this old man. Suddenly she's talking in a weird voice that seemed unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, it was edited in a way that it seemed that particular yeah. statements were being repeated. And suddenly it looks very fraudulent. And I think anything that you do in life can, can be edited in a particular way that, that makes it look fraudulent. So, so I do think some of the comments that are out there towards this woman are unfounded. They're not yes. looking at the bigger picture. You know, it, it's like the, the old sort of most haunted thing, you know, the first couple of series of most haunted and stuff. And I, def- I would defend it because I was saying, you know, that, they're filming for nine to 12 hours in a haunted location. And the final 15 minutes of the program is essentially that nine hours, you know, (laughs) of ghost ghost hunting. So it does seem exciting. It does seem like there's a a load of stuff happening and all that sort of stuff. And that's because it's all edited down. It's it's all trimmed off. All, you know, the, the hour where you sat in a particular haunted room and nothing happens. There's no point in showing that. Right, we'll show we'll show the bit where something may have happened. You know? Yes. And, and and that's the problem with this documentary, really. The mediumship documentary is it's fairly easy with the reincarnation. The reincarnation went into great lengths at some story. The first story, I think, had about 20, 25 minutes, you know, and it was really in depth how she had a near death experience, how she, um, you know, she was trapped. There was reconstructions. That there was an experience with a, a son as well, totally in depth. Yeah. But yet when it did need to be in depth, and and, okay. and it, it needed to be in depth when the mediums were were on for greater explanation, it failed it. And instead, what it did do is instead of offer explanation, it intersected uh, with comment from the university and the archives saying. These were found as fraudulent. These were fraudulent. These were fraudulent. Yeah. And yeah. the saving grace of all this was actually when they went to a, a psychic study, a psychical study group in the Netherlands, and they showed the wax hands. Yes, definitely. And I saw that, and I thought, yes, you know, this is the evidence because, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean as it, as he went into detail, you know, some of these hands were small. They yes, were children's. Yeah. There were children's hands. There were small hands in there. How could they have got the hands in there and got the wax off mm-hmm. in front of what was it? Six, yeah, six but, international. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, they also put a particular colour in there, didn't they? That has, you know, um, uh, for want of oh, better. That was it. The dye, yeah. Yeah, the dye. So it, you know, it was typical. It was, you know, unique. So it couldn't be just replicated there on the spot it had to have certain qualities it had to be the wax that was actually yeah. in uh, in the tank yeah and basically what happened was uh, for people who haven't watched it is uh, a long time ago there used to be manifestations in which there used to be a tank with i think it was uh, warmish water and and wax was placed on top of the water so liquid wax was on top and spirit would be asked to manifest by placing their hand or or something into the wax and what would happen is is as the hand would go in and go into the cold water beneath or colder water beneath that the the wax would solidify very quickly and you would be left with a cast mm-hmm. of the hand uh, or in some circumstances here uh, a, a foot you could say well it, maybe it was the greatest magic trick and that sort of thing but 
you know, it's, it's, there's countless um, records of observations of these things, especially, um, uh, was it Eusebio Palladio? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Palladio, yeah, the uh, um, Italian medium was. That's it, yeah. Um, and, and and to me, it was great that they did balance it up in that respect. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't all one-sided. I do feel that mediumship came off worse out of the whole pro, whole series. It, um, case, it always does, though, Martin. You know, it's yeah, always yeah. looked at that because, well, I think, well, no, I just think it's... Do you target, do you think? Do you yes. target? Yeah, it is because there's so many haters out there, and they don't, you know, they don't put it in a balance like you know where Scott Rogo puts his books and everything in a balanced way. And I think uh, the TV, the media, don't, you know, they just ah well, yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll just do this. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there because it's been an hour, and this is makes it an absolute, you know, huge podcast. But if you join us in our next episode, we'll be talking about the other phenomenon. We'll be talking about the near-death experiences, reincarnation, and uh, and other things discussed in Surviving Death. Mm-hmm.